Hello, and welcome to the Ground and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Estenson-Williams. I'm a Minnesota-based marriage and family therapist, yoga teacher, and I create mental health content to help you ground and grow. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's begin. Hello. So in today's episode, I am going to talk about the importance of honoring our grief, holding space for grief while we are working on our boundaries. So a lot of times boundaries means accepting certain limitations that specific relationships might have and grieving the loss of some of the things that we might want or need with specific people we are in relation to. Um, So grief is a really important part of the process of, you know, holding our boundaries, healing, you know, different relationship wounds and attachment stuff. Um, And I don't think it's talked about enough. And I think it is just so pivotal and necessary in this process. So this episode, I'm going to talk about why it's so important, kind of what it looks like and and some foundational ways we can start practicing that too. Um, This is also kind of related to the last couple episodes that I did. So I did an episode on attachment trauma as well as working on healing our attachment wounds. So this falls in line with that um, because certainly when we are working through attachment trauma or attachment wounding, there is a lot of grief that we need to process and hold space for. So if those last two episodes resonated with you, this one will probably fit in really well too. Um, but this grief doesn't only need to be held for those of us healing through those like really big attachment wounds pieces. Um, I think it's an important part of the process for everybody, right? I think we all have boundary work to do because humans are social beings. So we are going to be in relation to people and boundaries are so, so important for all of us. Um, And boundaries don't necessarily mean that something is wrong with a relationship. It might just be looking at like, oh, there's like a missed fit in terms of my wants and needs and what this other person can offer. So as I'm talking about this, know that it doesn't mean the other person is bad or doing something wrong. It might just mean, oh, this isn't the exact fit that I was looking for in a relationship. And now I'm needing to hold space to grieve that loss. Um... No one has to be the the bad person in the situation. Um, just like with, you know, if you listen to the attachment trauma episodes, just like a lot of that stuff doesn't necessarily mean someone was intentionally being harmful or hurtful or doing something wrong. Um, sometimes that's the case, but often that's not the case. Um, and I think that certainly works with all boundaries, right? We can hold boundaries They can be healthy, helpful, and they're for us, right? They're not necessarily about changing the behavior of someone else, but more so looking at what do I need to hold for myself, Um, which I think is a huge part of boundary work that goes missed a lot of the time. Um, I think there's kind of this narrative out there that, okay, if I'm holding boundaries in relationships, it means I'm expressing something that I need more from someone else or that I'm not okay with from someone else to change their behavior, 
Right. And sometimes that gets to be the outcome, right? It can feel nice when it's, you know, you know, a partner or someone we are close with, a family member, and we're able to communicate a boundary that we need and they're able to hear it and respect it and hold that. That's wonderful when that happens. <laughs> um, it can be a really complicated and tough process. Um, but usually that feels kind of nice to be like, oh, I put in all this hard work and, you know, I got the outcome that I wanted in that relationship. Um, but I really want to put out this reminder that like, yes, that is one outcome of boundary work, but a boundary can still be really successful, even if nothing really shifts in the other person's behavior even if they don't understand or respect our boundary, then we get to really look at, okay, how am I holding this boundary, right? And if that is really um, unfamiliar to you or you want a lot more information on that, I have an episode a while back on receiving boundaries where I talk a little bit more about that. But here, just this reminder that our boundaries are for us. If we communicate a boundary, limit that we need in a relationship and it's not respected, it's not understood, it's not held up by the other person, it is our job to make sure we're holding that up. And so this this first part of the whole process is really looking at what boundaries do I need? This is going to change so many times in your life, so you don't just do it once and then like, check, it's done, I figured out my boundaries in relationships. Um, this is something that we do over and over again in our life, It, you know, within different types of relationships, within different people we're in relation to and all of that. So this is an ongoing process in life, just like many other therapeutic skills that I talk about. Um, a lot of it is ongoing stuff that we don't just check off and complete. Um, and so to do this, we need to really assess like, okay, what wants and needs do I have in relationships, right? Like what makes me feel fulfilled in relationships um, as well as what are my values and goals in relationships? And these are going to change over time too. So this is something that you're going to continue to check in on and reassess. Um, but figuring out yeah, what makes a relationship feel fulfilling for me? What am I kind of working towards in my relationships? What am I needing in relationships? Um, there might be some times or some groups where we're just looking for people to connect to, have fun with, um, you know, feel, feel social with. Uh, there might also be times where we need a lot of social support, um, and encouragement, validation, like people that we can really open up to and, um, be vulnerable with. And so there's lots of different things that we might need or want in relationships. And that's going to change throughout your life. That's also going to change depending on who you're in relation with, right? Um, my wants and needs that I would have with a colleague, are going to be very different than the wants and needs that I'm going to have with my partner or a family member. Um, it's going to differ based on a really close friend versus more of an acquaintance or distant friend. So it it can take a lot of, you know, sitting and thinking and reflecting. I'd encourage you to do some journaling or process this with a trusted person or a therapist to kind of figure out, 
okay, first of all, like, what am I looking for in relationships? What feels satisfying for me? And depending on the different relationships in our life, we might choose to request those things, right? So whether it be a family member that we are looking for, you know, having some different needs met in those relationships, we might choose to communicate that. Maybe it's a close friend, partner, different, you know, relationship that we have in our life. We might choose to say like, hey, I want to communicate these things and I want to see if I can get those needs met, right? I think it's so important to know that people in our life are not mind readers, right? They might not have any idea that we are wanting, needing, or valuing something in a relationship. So it's our job to communicate that. Let them know. Now, you might be working on this in a relationship where you're like, I've done what I can to communicate this before several times. Or maybe you're just looking at like, oh, hey, the history of different things in our relationship makes me know that like it's maybe not a super emotionally safe space for me to communicate those things. I might be really unlikely to have those needs met. And this is someone that maybe I'm just going to like start the boundary process rather than requesting what I need. So again, this is going to be something that varies too. So this is not like a a straight like step one, two, three, four, five kind of thing. Um, Each step is really complicated in its own way. Um, But yeah, so first we kind of assess like, okay, what am I wanting and needing and valuing in relationships? And am I at a place and are these relationships at a place where I can communicate those? Um, Often that means stepping outside of our comfort zone because most of us are not taught to communicate things so vulnerably. Um, So that can be a practice in its own that you slowly build up, start small if this feels really scary and build up with some, you know, once you have some success with that. So then we can communicate that, see how they respond. Sometimes that need gets met and we don't really have to do a lot of grieving or like intense boundary work. Um, But sometimes we do, right? Sometimes they don't fully understand or they're not able to meet that need um, or they're just in a different place, you know, whatever it is. So then we're going to look at what boundaries I need to hold. So based on how they respond to our request or based on the history, right? Again, we might choose to not put out that request for what we're wanting or needing, and we might just jump right into the boundary work piece. Um, And I think that's a complicated decision, which I, I encourage you to really take some time and process and reflect on, maybe process that with a therapist to like have another trusted person to help you, um, look at that from a, you know, different perspectives and things like that. But then we shift into the boundary space. Um, and these can look like a whole lot of different things. So on, on one end of the continuum, a boundary might be, you know what, this isn't the healthiest relationship for me to have in my life. And maybe I do need to end this relationship or if it's like an unsafe or like really unhealthy relationship, you might be like, I need to cut ties fully with this person, right? Um, I might need to take some big action to make sure I have this space for myself. So that's one end of the continuum. Um, but there can be lots of different places in between um, a full cutoff versus the relationship, you know, meeting our needs and wants and all of that good stuff. So in between, it might just look like, oh, hey, this 
this might not be the person that I come to when I am needing social support, right? They might not be that person for me. Um, Or, hey, this person might not be my go-to when I'm needing to just relax and unwind because maybe they're not in a space to, to hold that for me. Uh, We might have some different boundaries, such as, you know, if I'm thinking about like family relationship boundaries, it might be, okay, like this is the amount of time and the certain occasions that I feel comfortable connecting with this person, right? Maybe it's like an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, or, or like, you know, a close relative, like a parent, sibling, they say, okay, these are the occasions that I feel comfortable seeing this person, but I don't want them to be a huge part of my life. So here are boundaries and places that I'm going to choose to opt out of interacting with this person. So lots of different ways that boundaries can look. Um, boundaries can be, you know, that could be like a five episode series. I do have some episodes on boundaries. So if boundaries are unfamiliar, just scroll through some of my other ones, find the boundary related ones. Um, but this, you know, boundary work is a huge process. So I would say do, do a lot of internal work in that area. That's going to be super important. Um, and so then we kind of figure out, all right, what boundaries do I need? And again, kind of like I said earlier, a big part of this is going to be looking at how can I practice acceptance of what this relationship is? Sometimes that's easy, right? If we get certain needs met in a relationship, it can feel really easy to practice acceptance around that. But a lot of the times, especially if we're working on some complicated boundaries, this acceptance piece can be really tough. Um, So here, a lot of the times we might be accepting some current limitations in a relationship, right? Accepting, hey, this person is not going to, you know, meet the wants or needs that I was really hoping that they would meet in my life. Um, They're not going to align with the values or goals that I have in my relationships in this moment. And accepting that can be hard. Um, And the reason that it's hard is because there is loss there, right? Again, even if this other person is not doing something wrong or bad or they're not being unskillful, um, we might still be having some loss, right? Like they might just be doing their own thing and, and their thing's not aligning with ours and that can be totally okay and healthy and totally fine. Like no one needs to change. Um, sometimes it's the case, not always, but sometimes that's the case where it's like, yeah, no one's no one's in the wrong here. Um, but something that I was hoping for and and wanting and needing in a relationship isn't being met. And now I'm accepting that they're not going to meet that. And now I need to look into other relationships to meet that. There is a grieving process that we have to hold space for. We're grieving this loss of like, oh, I had like hopes and dreams for this relationship that are not going to come to fruition at this time. Maybe someday, maybe never. Um, and just accepting, hey, this is what the relationship can provide me and this is what it cannot provide me. And now I need to hold space to grieve that loss, the loss of what I was wanting in the relationship. Um, and this is tough. This is kind of the like ambiguous grief that is a little bit tricky. Um, grief of any kind is, is really challenging, 
right? So sometimes when we think of grief, we think of like the literal loss of someone, right? Someone has passed away and we are grieving the fact that they are no longer here. Um, Of course, that is incredibly painful and incredibly tough, but I think it's important to know that there's also grief that we do with people that are still here, people that are in our lives, people that we're still actively connecting to. Um, We might be doing some grief work around the loss of certain aspects of that, whether it be a loss of like a, a need that they used to meet that they're no longer meeting, or just a need that we were hoping they'd meet that we're now accepting they're not going to meet, at least not at this time. And that grief can sometimes be tough because I think it's really easy to invalidate our experience around it, right? Like they're not actually gone. Like, why am I having a hard time with this? Right? We might get really hard on ourselves for struggling with it. Um, and if we can pause and really hold space for that, be really compassionate with ourself in that, right? Just like we might for a friend or a loved one who is going through that, like, be really caring towards ourselves just as we would for someone else and processing that grief processing that loss can give us so much more space in the end Um, because then we're not clinging to things that maybe we're clinging a little too tightly to maybe that's taking up too much energy for us Um, and so here's where grief work comes in and this is another thing that's going to vary based on the situation um it's going to, you know, vary based on your needs and how you hold space for yourself. So one thing might be, right, processing all of this with like a a person that you do trust really well. So it might be a close friend, family member, partner that is able to meet your needs and help you process um, this like acceptance and grief work that you're having in another relationship. Um, it might be doing that with a therapist, right? So sometimes if we're earlier in this process and we're realizing like, I don't have a lot of relationships that are meeting like the values and goals that I'm wanting, um, or I'm struggling to like build up those skills to like build those relationships to that place. I think working with a therapist can be a really nice place to start, um, because their job is to to be that grounded and rooted support for us and and hold space for us to process that and then help us build the skills so that we can build that outside you know outside of the therapy space in our lives and our other relationships so right it might be just processing making sure we're getting some needs met in some relationships and exploring how we can hold space for ourselves as we're grieving So lots of self-compassion work, making sure we're validating our emotions, right? Telling ourselves like, it makes sense that I'm having a hard time with this, right? It makes sense I'm feeling X, Y, or Z because of this situation, right? And again, it doesn't have to mean the other person is in the wrong. Sometimes they are, right? Sometimes they are doing something that's really not so skillful or it's really harmful. It's, you know, something that we know um, shouldn't to do quotations around shouldn't because shoulds and shouldn'ts are are tough but right maybe there's something that we're like oh this is a really unhealthy behavior that they're engaging in um, sometimes that can be a little easier for us to validate if we can assign uh and again I'm doing quotes um if we can assign a bad guy it can sometimes be easier for us to validate ourselves and so I think knowing that 
there can also be situations where no one is in the wrong, no one is doing anything unskillful, and we still deserve validation. Every emotion is valid. Every single emotion is valid, right? Not every single response or action that we do from an emotion is skillful, but every emotion is valid and deserves space. So if you're feeling pain based on, you know, this this grieving process, this acceptance process, that pain is valid and deserves some space. So practicing a lot of self-validation, lots of self-compassion, those might be new practices to build up to. Um, you might, you know, do some journaling or some really comforting self-care. You might do things to get your mind off it a little bit. Um, and you also might do things that you really sit in the experience and feel it, um, which is not easy to do. So take breaks when you need to take breaks from it. Um, you don't have to do it all at once. This is a, a long-term process. Um, and I can speak from experience that it does get easier, but I can also speak from experiences that like in the beginning, especially if these are some new skills for you to practice like this acceptance and grieving process in relationships, it's really hard. So if you're doing it and it's new for you and it feels really tough and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is ever going to feel better, um, that probably means you're doing it right. You're probably in your growth zone. When we're in our growth zone, it's uncomfortable. So this process is kind of supposed to feel uncomfortable, um, not just for the sake of like being uncomfortable, um, but it's supposed to feel uncomfortable because we are growing in spaces that we may not have grown before. Like a lot of different skills in the mental health world, um, they often have not been taught to us as we were growing up. So they're most likely to feel unfamiliar or maybe even feel wrong, right? We might have been taught to do the opposite. So it's likely that this will feel uncomfortable. And through practice and practice and practice, you will start getting there. And it might take years to feel comfortable with it. Um, and even once you gain some comfort with it, there's going to be moments where it feels uncomfortable still. That's okay, right? So this grief work is not something that we're like, oh, okay, now I feel better. I feel great. Like, let's go do something fun. It's, it's just all dandy. Um, grief work is tough because getting through grief means accepting that grief is going to be there, right? You might have like five years down the road where you're still from time to time needing to acknowledge grief from an old relationship um, or maybe a current one that's in your life that you're like, oh, like, I feel comfortable with this person now, and I know my boundaries, and I can accept them as they are. And yeah, like, there is still this part of me that holds space for the grief and loss of, like, what I at one point really wanted that relationship to be. And now I still think would be nice if it was that, even though I'm accepting that it's not going to be that. Um, grief work and just the emotion of grief isn't something that we just heal, we process, and then we're done with. Um, more like going through grief and looking at how we can hold different space for ourselves around it. Um, it's big stuff. It's big stuff. And maybe some point I'll do an episode just on grief itself. But here we're just kind of talking about um, how we can hold space for and honor grief while we're really working to honor our boundaries. And that's a big acceptance practice, big boundary practice, and a big grief practice too. 
Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all that I have on this. But if you have questions, um, you know, in the end, I'll, I'll talk about where you can reach me and all that jazz. So if this would feel like a helpful topic to explore some more, let me know and we can do that for sure. Um, but I hope this was helpful. I hope this at least gave you some reminders to hold space for yourself in this tough process. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If I referenced any links in this episode, you can find them below in the show notes. If you like the Ground and Grow podcast, I would greatly appreciate a rate and review from wherever you're listening so that others can find us too. If you'd like to be the first to know when new episodes are coming out, you can subscribe as well as follow me on Instagram at Kayla Estenson Wellness for all updates. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.